Connell Rat Alert. Civil defense information will be broadcast at 640. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Y2K. How can we prepare? Stop a few of their machines and radios. Throw them into darkness for a few hours. We are fighting for our lives. My family must survive. Boom. For five years. Thousand gallons of gas. Air filtration. Water filtration. Coming at you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada. Streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble, and Odyssey. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. I am Toolman Tim. Today is May the 7th, 2023, and this is episode 301 of Workshop Radio. Now, you might say, what the hell? Uh, Tim, there's a weird logo in the bottom. You just called this Workshop Radio, not the Workshop Podcast. There was a weird logo that came up at the beginning of the show. Well, if you missed last night's episode, I scared everybody by telling everyone it was going to be our last ever episode of the Workshop Podcast. All that really meant was it's going to be a refresh, a rebrand, ever so slightly. We're embracing the talk radio format here, otherwise known as Workshop Radio, the soundtrack to getting shit done. So, you know, you guys have heard me talk before, but the whole idea is I want the content that I create being the stuff that you guys can put in your earbuds, walk around, and build the life you want to build. So, you guys know my love of talk radio. I've embraced it. I love it. Everybody has a podcast. So, for me, I want it to be a radio show. So, there it is, guys. I hope you love it. For those of you who've just tuned in and wondered what the hell's going on, I hope that figures it out for you. Real quick, let's get the announcements on the go, and then we're going to bring Matt on from Farm Hop Life. We're going to have some fun tonight. we got Byron Roberts and Chris Dixon in the chat so far. Good evening, gents. Number one, the Thrivalist Fair, guys. I am going to be in Addy, Washington, May 28th and 29th. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a great time. I've been trying to branch out the workshop. I got invited to this event. It's going to be a great time because there's going to be some different faces, some different ears there than what some of the other events I've been to, so it's going to be great. That Sunday evening, May 28th, we're going to have a around the fire get-together, a workshop get-together. I got a special piece of swag for each and every one of you who show up, something that you'll only be able to get at in-person workshop meetups in 2023. So come by, see me, have a sit. Maybe we'll all record a, um, well, at least a live in-person podcast while we're there. But either way, go to thrivalist.org, 50 bucks for the whole weekend for a family. You can't beat that. Number two, after last evening's episode, I realized there's people that don't know that we do a book club here. Uh, Andrea reached out and said, Tim, where's the link? Well, guess what? Uh, I put it in the show notes tonight. So if you want to join the workshop book club, we call it the post-apocalyptic book club. This month, we are doing one second after. So we all read it, we come together for a live stream, and we chat about it. Now, I didn't give you a lot of notice, because this Thursday is going to be the episode. But if you want to join, grab the Telegram link and go from there. Finally, Tuesday, toolmantim.co. Tickets are going to go on sale for the workshop workshop. I'm excited. It's just, it's going to be a great time. I'm going to announce it first in Telegram. We're going to limit it to 30 spaces to start. It'll be 50 bucks to hold your space, and it's 200 total. That's for a weekend that includes food and uh, all the presentations you can digest, plus all the in-person meetup and fellowship that we can possibly do. So I'm excited. I can't wait. 
It's going to be a busy summer. It's going to be a great summer. And I can't wait to see you guys here in Provost. Okay. With that, guys, I'm going to bring on Mr. Matt from A Farm Hop Life. Hey, hey Matt, Tim, how are you? Good. How are you? Not bad. So I was uh, prepping for the show this evening and I thought, when did I have Matt on the show before? And I'm looking back through, you know, we hit 300 last night. I'm looking back through the episodes and I'm like, I haven't had Matt on before, but I was on your show once. Yes. And that yeah, was a lot of You got of fun. to tell your story. Yes. Which, you know, I, I love hearing other people's stories, but it's kind of fun to talk about yourself once in a while. I know. <laughs> That's why we podcast, right? <laughs> That's so true because my wife got tired of listening to me. So I got on here so everybody else would have to. And now she's coming on and I joke, I say, hey, you can just take it over, hon. You'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's got it. No hey, Dowie Farm. Hello, hooligans. Good evening, sir. Good to have you. So, Mr. Matt, for those who don't know, what in the world is Farm Hop Life? Who are you guys? What do you do? <laughs> Tell me your story. So, uh, Farm Hop Life originated from uh, struggling on my own homestead. Sure. That I'm like, man, if I had another pair of hands, I would get so much done. I'm just kind of let that sink in. A couple of weeks later, why can't I be that guy for somebody else? Yeah. And so that's how the idea started. And uh, this year, we were supposed to get on the road, um, like Airbnb the house, and like this whole grand, grand plan of I'm going to hit 20 homesteads in 2023. <laughs> have an awesome goal, you know, have a great time with the family. Um, but plans changed yeah, as they do. And, uh, I was, uh, offered a job that I could not turn down. And so, um, I ended up taking the job late last year and have been, uh, that's been like a real shift in like dynamic for our family. Um, and then, you know, we've, we've also, turned that extra money, like paying down debt and then, uh, also putting it more money back into this place, you know, making it, making it really nice, like some, some nice finishing touches. So, so how was that? Because I remember we had a, I, can't, I know we chatted a little bit about that. And because if you're like me, when you announce plans, uh, partially I announce plans publicly to give me accountability. And there's always something in the back of my head that I think, shit, I told everybody I'm going to do this and now life has changed, but I'm proud of you. Number one, I, I think I may have told you that before. And if I didn't, I am because thanks. whatever happens, you have to, I mean, it's you, your family, you got to grab life by the balls and run with it. So how was that? Because that really did kind of change your content identity a little bit, didn't it? It sucked. It sucked a lot. Uh, because we, I mean, my wife put it uh, like a pretty good way. She's like, you know, I was, I had this whole mindset, like he's going to be home, like around with the kids Like we get to spend all this time together, like basically 24 seven traveling around and doing all this stuff. And then now I have to travel for work and I'm not home all the time. And, you know, I have to, I used to work, you know, within basically 20 minutes of the house for the most part as an electrician. Now I have to work up in Missoula which is an hour away and that sucks. So the, like everything changed. Um, and then, you know, putting yourself out, like putting yourself out there, like you said, like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. Um, these are, my, these are our plans. And then having to basically backtrack on that. Yeah. Pivots a great word. Uh, Chris Dixon. Um, it felt like 
felt like a failure, you know, like, Hey, you said you were going to do this. And like, I know, I'm sorry. I feel like crap about it. So I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do. So how, because do you still like, okay, I know we weren't going to go down this route, but you, you mentioned it about the job and I'm like, so you, you don't still feel like crap about it. Do you? A little bit. A little bit. I'm That's doing, okay. I'm doing the best I can. Uh, sure. so last, last Saturday, uh, the family and I, uh, we went to a pig farmer and I, I helped out for a couple hours, got an interview, got a tour. And so I'm processing, I'm doing like my micro dosing of the, uh, 20 by 23 project. So I, I'm, if I can encourage you in any way, shape or form, please. It, there's many things that I have attempted to launch that have just failed to launch on my part. Um, there multiple things where I'm like, Hey, this would be a great idea. And so I make it public because me and my mouth, I like to flap and, you know, but I like, I like to set goals. I like to be, you know, the big hairy audacious goals. The cool thing is, is that like what you're doing is not failing. You know, what you're doing is a pivot. What you're doing is, exactly what you need to do. I'm a firm believer in, okay, I'm going to say this, nobody get mad. There's no wrong decisions because everything that you decide puts you in the place that you need to be right now. And so if that means you change what you want to do for a little while, great. But I'm going to guess that this job was really good for you and your family long-term as far as building self-reliance. Am I Close yes. on that? Yeah. Yep. So, and a good friend, uh, uh, you know, in our community, Amy Dingman, you know, she she took a huge pivot last year and was yeah. very open about it. And I appreciate that because so often as content creators, we just like to gloss over, you know, we, we don't like to talk about the, you know, the pig shit or the mud. We just like to talk about the, the, the great accomplishments we've done, but Truth be told, we all have terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. And uh, yeah, anyway, I'm proud of you. That takes a big Thanks. man to to step out and be honest that, hey, guess what? I thought I knew where I was going, but I didn't. And now I'm on for the ride. So I can't wait to see where you and your missus and your family end up, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. I we're still We're still working towards it. It's still something we want to do. Otherwise, I would just would have like shut everything down out of embarrassment, you know. Um, but I still like doing the interviews. I still like going to visit farms. I still like helping people out. Like it wasn't it wasn't hard work at all. I, I didn't think that the uh, that the guy had me do it just had me move a couple of bales of hay, take down some fencing, and like move some fence posts, I, fix some water dripping something, irrigation, whatever, and yeah. We got, we got a lot done in a short amount of time. So all I can tell you, man, no matter what it is, if it's, if it's a job or content creation is the biggest one that I look at, if you're never going to be where you think you're going to be from when you start. And if you are, you haven't done anything right. So the great stories, the great experiences, they all happen out of these uncomfortable situations and to see you go through it and to see it come out the other side. Oh yeah. It's all that. That's way better. And people, I guarantee you the people that listen and follow They'll res they respect you for being honest because I think in some instances, there's not enough of that transparency and honesty in content sure. creation. So uh, because it it's tough, you know, like 
you think, man, I really screwed up. Not, I'm not saying you, but I'm thinking some, some things I've done in the past. You know, when, when you do something that's like, oh shit, should I really talk about it? And there's times I, I second guess myself, but then I come out and I'm like, no, I'm going to share this failure or I'm going to share this stupid ass thing I did so that other people be like, Hey, it's okay. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, Becky and I talk about our struggles all the time that we went through for many, many years and they're uncomfortable, but the more I talk about them, the less power it has over me. So sure. anyway, it's great. I love seeing it. I can't wait to see where you go. And, uh, I won't even ask you what your plans are because I bet you they'll change again. Right. So probably. So Man, if I could up... work remotely, oh, uh, that would be great. You're going to work toward that maybe, or is that not we'll always? See. Yep. I, it's a long shot, but sure. It's worth a shot. Right. All you gotta, Absolutely. all you gotta you... do is ask. Exactly. And they only have to say yes once. That's the beauty of it. Right. They can say no a bunch of times, but if you keep building yourself up and, and, uh, you know, showing your worth and your value. Oh man. You're, you're, yeah. You'll be golden. Just keep, yeah. you know, start with a day or two, whatever, you know how it is. You play the game, get there and make yourself indispensable and you'll, you'll have the life you want to live, man. Yeah. So you come up with this crazy idea. So if anybody saw the title of tonight's show, we were going to try to get Matt on before I took my, well, I call it an epic road trip. It was two days or three days shorter than last year's, but I got an even longer one coming up later on this year, which will be great. But Matt said, well, actually, here, why don't you introduce it, Matt? What What is the idea for tonight's show? What do you want to do? So last September, my family and I took two almost back-to-back road trips. Um, okay. One with my mother-in-law out to Oregon from Montana, and then um, we flew from here late later in September, we flew from here to LA, meet my parents and then drove up to Sequoia and then back. And so that's, that's a lot of miles. And so there was, that's a lot of mileage for a lot of things to go wrong and mm -hmm. a lot of things that could have gone wrong, but didn't. So I'm like, let's play a game. Cause you know, like preppers were, you know, also like, uh, what if man, what if, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, why not make a game out of it? And, you know, we can learn from, from experiences and like, you just came from the road. So you got, you got stories, stories to share and shared lessons. So I thought we could. And you, you sent me, so here, here's the fun part, guys, Matt sent me 10. So I have a list of the scenarios. Um, we'll go through them, but the best part is I don't know which ones are real and which ones aren't. So as we go along, are you, how are we going to do this, Matt? You're going to tell the story and then the audience is going to kind of vote and see whether it was real or not, or how do you want to do it? Let's, let's throw out the, uh, situation. Did this, okay. did this thing happen or didn't it? They can, people can chime in. And then after a couple of seconds, we can, uh, we can say, yes, this happened or this didn't happen. And here's the story. All right, guys. So we're going to, we'll get started with the first one. So those out in the audience, if you want, will you can, you can guess, I'm going to guess too. Uh, I'll, I'll let you guys guess first a little bit and then, then we'll find out from Matt. So the first one, uh, I feel like we're playing truth or dare or something. And it's like 14 years old and I'm hanging out at my buddy Alex's house. He, he had the coolest garage in the world. His, his grandfather renovated it to turn it into an apartment building or an apartment, you know, and then he just let us teenagers hang out in there all the time. So we would hang out, uh, not drink beer, and uh, wrestle and play stupid games, you know? So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. So the first scenario is 
the camping air mattress inflator broke. So what I'm thinking, so if you guys, if, if there's anybody that wants to throw out there, hey, Chuck people. So uh, once again, we're playing truth or dare. No, no, true or false. <laughs> and uh, so Matt's going to, we're going to throw out the scenarios and you guys can pick. But in this one, the story goes that the camping air mattress inflator broke. Now, before we find out if it's true or not, uh, I can just imagine that if it were true, that uh, you probably got a headache trying to blow the thing up. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so I'm going to go. Brian or Rushlevich was here to be like, oh, I'm sure he had a lot of practice. No, no problems there. <laughs> yeah. If, if him and Josh show up later on, I'm sure we'll have some fun with it. But I'm going to I'm going to go with. I think this one's legit. I think this may have actually happened with you. So go ahead. Give us the reveal there. Tell me what you think. Yes. Uh, the air mattress inflator did break. So what? It's, yeah. Oh, go ahead. There was a little. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. My, my internet got a hiccup on it. Uh, so the very last night we're, we're, uh, we're filling up the air mattress and you know, those things just have like a crappy little fan in them or whatever. Right. And it just, it just shattered into, you know, the internals just <laughs> blew up and like, we're like, I'm like shaking it. There's like, pieces falling out of it and i just like threw it in the garbage <laughs> we do we do not have another one but thankfully it uh it uh we had just enough air in it to make it for the last night and didn't need it again the rest of the trip but that's one of those things uh i should have had something as a backup in the in the truck but i did not that well Yes. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I'm just thinking because air mattresses drive me crazy. I, so when I, I went to prepper camp last year and that we, you know, um, the whole idea behind prepper camp is that you camp. I know what a novel idea. And, uh, <laughs> if you ever hear whenever Becky and I go to events, we, we like the hotel it, you know, we're, 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 we're pretend preppers. We don't really pretend, we don't really care for camping a whole hell of a lot. I mean, I will do it. So anyway, I bought a big boy fold out cot. And uh, that was actually quite nice. I enjoyed that because the, yeah, air mattresses, they tend to lose air through the night sometimes. They tend to sometimes insulate you from the cold, sometimes not. Yeah. What would what would have been a good backup plan if you, so you were in a, a tent, were you? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, my, uh, my wife and I and the two kids, we were, uh, we were tent camping out there. Oh. And, but you did, you had enough air to get through it. Yep. We got through it. So, I mean, a good backup would have been the DeWalt inflator, obviously. Right. I was just thinking, well, because I, so I used to travel with that in the truck and then I picked up that, um, it's a cat brand cube. It's a booster for your vehicle. Uh, it's also like a battery pack to charge things off of. Sure. And then it has a compressor built in as well. And it's about three quarters as fast as the DeWalt. The only downside is it doesn't have a high flow. So um, the, you know, the DeWalt does high pressure or high flow. So like high pressure for tires, high flow for things like, you know, inflatable unicorns or mattresses, that sort of thing. <laughs> so it would have taken longer, but was there an option to even blow it up by mouth? I think or so. By... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'll, it's got one of those things or like this, got this weird like hand pump thing built into it, I think. But yeah. Oh. Um... Yeah, I'm not a big fan of those all in one. They're just because there's a big failure, you know, something can go yeah. go wrong there, you know. 
Yeah, the quality of the air mattress overall is very, very good. Um, it okay. was just the inflator that that just sucked. Blew to so, pieces. So the I, impeller. I still need to get a new one, or just get a just different inflator. Like, just go uh, broad spectrum, like the Dewalt. So that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I was. I I like. Um, have you ever tried the um, the little camping pads? They're you know they're inflatable, but they're only maybe an inch or two thick. Yeah, I don't like those because I end up turning and like sleeping on my side, and so like uh, I just it I just go straight to the ground basically. Yeah, and I get it. That, I, yeah, I wondered. I, my, my my you know my big old ass hasn't tried one of them out yet, so I wasn't <laughs> sure if they <laughs> if they would or wouldn't. But I've seen some of them have like a compartment on the end. It's like um almost works like those garbage bags. Have you ever seen people who will like blow things up so it, it opens up you kind of crimp it over and then push the air into it those are kind oh, of cool because yep. they're quote-unquote idiot proof right so <laughs> sure yeah those things look kind of crazy don't they also like float like you can put them on the water or... yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and they're like they're huge right it's almost like a bean bag but with air yeah i don't know something to look at anyway i was thinking when you said the impeller broke i almost thought maybe that it uh that it was going to shred your mattress too <laughs> Oh, but you were good. It didn't, it didn't hurt the mattress. No, no. no. All I know is I think dad still has them in the attic at the house. But when I was a kid, we used to go camping very occasionally and he had the oldest, you know, it smelled like rubber tires, those old, old air mattresses. And they were either pump them up with your mouth or he had a foot pump, but the hose had broken off years before. So he took a piece of like flexible copper pipe and drove it in there and it worked, but it took about three days to pump it up. So I oh, bet it's still geez. up in the attic. It was, it looked like those dodgeball balls you used to play with in high school, you know, about half of one of those, you just step on it and yeah, it was all right. That's so, funny. all right. So we're going to go to number two here, guys. So Byron guessed true on that one. I also guessed true. So I, I think that it's going to be like, um, whose line is it anyway, where the uh, scoring's made up and the points don't matter. But we'll have fun with it. So, all right. So scenario number two on your uh, dual road trips was that your wife threw her back out. Now, first, I need to ask you, how old are your kids or how old were they when you went? Uh, two and like three months. Oh, so, okay. I I'm leaning toward this might be true. So if anybody wants to put the their answer out there, um, how was that with a three-month-old in a tent? Uh. It was actually pretty great. So there's something magical about fresh air that she just like, she must have slept like 20 hours a day. And uh, oh, it was, it was pretty glorious that, just uh, wore right but man, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty cold though. It would get down below 40 at night and you're in a tent. So, I mean, we bundled her up like a little, uh, like Inuit baby or something like that. And it, like would, would check her like feel her nose to see if <laughs> excuse me if she was if she was warm enough or not but yeah it she worked did out fine. pretty good yep you she figure, did great she's still here that's something that people did for centuries you know what i mean you just yep. kept your baby warm and babies are surprisingly resilient if you have them swaddled at least you know yeah all right so byron says true i'm gonna say true simply because i remember what it was like Anyway, carrying twins around. So did it actually happen? Yep. 
Yep. Oh. She was uh she was at the bed of the truck and she was reaching in that like standing on the ground, reaching in the bed of the truck to grab something, and uh just that was it. That that's all it took to throw her back out. And so we were we were staying in a yurt at the time, uh <laughs> in in Oregon, and so we're okay. twelve hours from home. This oh. is when I'm this is when I'm like on like I don't know, state health insurance or something like that. And so like, I can't figure out if, if we have like, if we're covered, do we go oh, to the ER? Sure. Is this going to, yeah. is this going to work? Like is, or is this going to set us back $15,000 or something? So uh, something you might want to know ahead of time, what your coverage is if when you go out of state uh, and something like this happens, uh, we, man, what, what did we do? We, I think we just basically Googled it. Like, is this going to be fine? And for the most part, it was fine. Um, but she had to like sleep with like her legs elevated and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was all fine. But man, it made a pretty rough go Had it Like we, we, after that, the next day, we just, we just, we were supposed to uh, take a couple of days to get back. We only made one stop staying somewhere else uh, to get back home. We just, that was, that was the end of the trip. So. I've, you know, that's a good tip about that because we, we build, well, I'm not the greatest at it, but sometimes we try to build flexibility into our trips. Either we can end them shorter or go longer if need be. So for us this time, I don't know if you saw, but we hit a blizzard heading north or heading south into Minot. It was miserable. And we spent, it was about six hours kind of white knuckle driving and I had enough of it. And when we got to Minot, they were shutting the city down that night. They're like, yep, we're all like all the stores were closing down because the storm was heading there. So we just said, forget it. We're going to take a day because we could see the weather. We looked and we said, we're going to take a day, just relax in my knot, you know, wait for the snow to pass and go the next day. And that was the best thing we did. Now, other times we've had to, you know, drive double and get home sooner simply to, you know, for whatever reason. But mm -hmm. so were you sleeping on an air mattress? She was um, with her back. Like that, that was uh, that was that was a mattress, an old crappy mattress inside of the yurt. So it's like so we rented. Uh, it's a state. I think it's a state run campground on the coast of Oregon. OK. And uh, you can rent a yurt. She wanted to stay in her yurt. And my mother in law also wanted to stay in the yurt. So we stayed in a yurt. Don't do that. Like Western furniture is all square, right? And obviously a yurt's round. And so there's all this like dead space. You got like this little like oh, walkway yeah. in the middle. It's for five people to stay in. It's pain in the butt. Uh, but we we made it work. Uh, yurt, the yurt was fine. The mattress was fine-ish. And she, she got better. <laughs> uh, another tip that might work i'm um, just you know and it would be quite a bit cheaper than possibly spending thousands you know at er at the merge or whatever would be to find yourself a chiropractor on the road as well uh that worked yes i i wrecked the hell out of my back two or three years ago moving a dentist i figured oh i'm screwed i'm gonna need surgery or something like that like i really did and i just put off going to the doctor I just swallowed Robax, Robax a set like it was going out of style. Becky said, go to the chiropractor. And I'm like, well, he might kill me, you know, because I never knew. <laughs> well, Stacy's his name. And he, man, anytime my back gets a little tweak now, I go right to him. But when I hurt my back like really bad, he had me at 80% after one treatment. So it, it, 
it, it won't hurt if you're in pain yep. and you're on because my local guy, I think he charges it's eighty or ninety dollars for a visit. Uh, you know, insurance covers most of that. But even if it doesn't, that's way cheaper, I would think, than an uninsured or an out-of-state visit to uh, sure. the emergency hospital or emergency room. So, um, yeah, when you're thing- uh, oh, ahead, when Matt. you're I don't know when you're out of state, it's six o'clock at night, and it's I don't know an hour and a half to a hospital. Like, not even like like maybe maybe thirty minutes to like a health oh. clinic. Not even like a hospital. You're you're way out there. Um, so did you have any, who knows who the, like who close the chiropractors at? That's true. Did you have any Advil or Tylenol or anything like that with you? Yep. Yep. Sure. Did. That I find, I, I do love uh Robaxaset, the, the Advil based one. It's like in a purple or bluish bottle Okay. that when you're working hard and you wreck your back a little bit or just tweak something, it tends to usually be enough for minor strains and sprains to kind of take the edge off so yeah chris dixon said i threw my back out on the road and had to sleep upright in the truck with the heated seat on for a couple of days (laughs) oh now that's actually there you go that's something i wouldn't have thought of would be to turn on the heated seats if you need some extra heat so see you know this is great it's going to be about we could write half a a little pamphlet on it when we're done with all these cute little (laughs) tips yeah one more thought on this. I we have AAA, so it um, which appears Alberta, whatever auto, automotive association, and it's great. Like it, you know that any prepper who says I don't need insurance, uh, anyway, I don't agree with you. I think you're wrong, but that's fine. Anyway, um, we you can buy health insurance for Canadians going to the states, and mm. you buy it for the length of time that you're going to be there. So when I come down for seven weeks and I'm going to be working in the woods and that sort of thing, I'm going to purchase that plan. We don't tend to purchase it for the like 15, 18 day trips. Should we? Maybe. I don't know. But it's your risk tolerance, right? Yeah. Is we bought that. We bought something similar when we took like a two week trip to Thailand for our Mm. honeymoon. Um, It was like World Nomads Health Insurance or something like that. It's pretty cheap. It was like yeah. for the two weeks in both of us, it was like 150 bucks maybe. And it could, yeah, it could literally save your ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Thankfully, that's, we didn't need it, but yeah. That's the beauty of insurance though, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Becky, and prepping. Yes, that's it. Well, I when she went to England, I said, buy all the insurance you can get on the van when you rent it there. And she did. And you know what? She scratched up the roof of the van going into underground parking and then somebody hit her in a parking lot. So one was, you know, she was parked at night and whatever. And anyway, so a 250 pound deductible probably saved her 5,000 pounds in damages. So, and it was very limited, but you know, they just, whatever it is, they put it up there. So yeah, Chris says AMA is 120 a year, a flat tire change pays for that once. Yeah. The one we have will tow you, I don't know, it's 100 or 200 kilometers. So, you know, 100 to 100 and it'll be 160 miles, something like that. And they'll sure. bring you gas. They'll charge you your battery. They'll, uh, yeah. So anyway, it's worth it. Yeah. Nice. All right. Number three. This is one that's happened to me. So here we go, guys. Let's see. We're going to go true or false. Uh, we were lost driving without phone data. 
So <laughs> Matt's trying not to smile. I Okay, so it's happened to me on multiple occasions. It really sucks when you're in a foreign country. Or, well, I say foreign, you know, it's not like the U.S. is like the Middle East or anything, but it's just a different feeling when you're not home, right? Road trips in general are that way. So yeah. I, I'm going to go false on this one simply because I'm almost wondering if you might have pulled that from my podcast. Now, I'm not saying you did, but I'm just wondering. So if, uh, if anybody else is out there wants to try, we'll give it another minute. But um, one thing I did this time, I wish I could remember who sent it to me. Somebody sent me an email through Jack, through the, the expert council, and they told me about maps.me. And I installed that on my phone this time. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. So Chris Dixon goes true. I'm going to go false. The smirk on Matt's face tells me I'm thinking it's false, but I might be wrong. So go ahead. What is it, sir? It's false. Ah. We didn't. We did. We did not get uh, lost without phone data. But man, we were in a spot that I would not want to be lost. Uh, or I would. Yeah, I would not want to be lost without. Was we, that in we ended the up, Oregon area? Or where this was, was it? in Sequoia. So we we stayed late. We did this awesome hike. Easily sure. my favorite hike I've ever been. If you, if oh. uh, I think so, so if uh, if you go to Sequoia, you got to do Buck Rock Lookout Tower. It's awesome. Okay. Uh, so we stayed a little too late, <laughs> and and so we we're leaving. And I thought I was there. There's obviously it's a national park. There's not like a bunch of roads out of there. There's like maybe two. Sure. To go where we were staying to our Airbnb. My parents go one way, we go a different way, thinking I'm going to save time. Now, we also had a bunch of delays. The kids are crying. They're hungry, you know, oh, diaper, blah, 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 all these things. So we had to keep stopping. So it kept getting later and later and later. And on our way, I mean, we were taking some like windy back roads and it's it's just dark. I mean, it should be pretty like relatively light up, but when you're at like, I don't know, 6,000 feet and the sun goes down behind the mountains. Like it's, it's just, it's just dark. You're, you got no light. So like the, the, lo the locals are coming up like behind us with their headlights and just, just coming. Oh yeah. Cause they know. Yeah. They, there's all these turning roads, but I, I thought to my wife, I'm like, if Google didn't say like, we could take this road to get to our Airbnb, I would not want to be on this road. And like, I, I live on similar roads, so but I'm not from the area. So. Right. So, so like this, I would not want to get stuck out here because I don't think anybody would stop to help me. Chris Dixon says this, and he's right. This is not this is not us old men speaking here. This is the truth. Driving at night somewhere unfamiliar is way different than driving in the daylight. Because, you know, at least during the day you can see twists and turns. You know, I yeah, it absolutely is. That to me. That's why I like to start early in the morning. If I'm taking long, if I have a long drive, I want my after dark driving in the morning when I'm fresh and I want to be off the road before it gets dark at night. So if I can get 12 hours in, I'm great, but I really don't love being on the road for 10, 12, 14 hours and finishing mm -hmm. up two or three hours after dark. It just, I, it's not very enjoyable. So you know, like those gas station maps that they have. I mean, you could buy a map for it's like it's like a big book, right? That yeah, it could, it could be all of California. If they charge like twenty bucks for that, how valuable would that be 
in that, like if you were stuck somewhere, like I know we're somewhere along this road, you know, it's only, you can figure out like, I mean, I'm, I'm right at that age where like I did have to use paper maps before I got us like before yes. getting a smartphone. So I still know how to still know how to do it. I can figure it out. I, so I want, I want to share this because Chuck being our resident medical expert, this is awesome. And it makes sense. So at night driving, he says, you go slower and obviously more cautious, which increases the stress levels, which then increases your fatigue, which then probably increases your likelihood of making mistakes, sure. uh, which also, like you said, increases the stress level, which puts your anxiety up. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Thank you, Chuck, because that's what makes it so unenjoyable. <laughs> And then on the rare occasion, add inclement weather to a long day after dark. And, oh, that's oh, what I am. I'm glad we had good weather. I didn't even think about that. That'd be, that'd be really rough. We were coming back from San Diego five years ago. And this is before I realized that 10 hours for us is about the sweet spot. You know, 10 to 11 at the most. And I think it was a 15. I think I booked us a 15-hour drive that day. And we were coming in. Now, if my geography is right, somebody can stop me. I think I am. You go through Salt Lake City, and then you come to Idaho Falls after that. And, yeah, so about Salt Lake City, and if I remember, I think it was maybe three more hours to go. Yeah, I, I see that. It uh, it started to rain. So we'd been on the road for 12 hours. It was dark, unfamiliar roads, and it started to rain. So I remember that was the day I decided no more of these late night excursions on roads I'm not familiar with. So start, I'll start at three 30 in the morning because you got optimism and energy and you know, the sun's coming. So you're kind of chasing the sun. Whereas in the evening you feel desperation because you, you know, trying to fight. So, okay. Hands up for anybody out there. If you've ever turned the radio down to see better, because I have, and it's all about have, focus, right? <laughs> that's, that's it. It, I don't think it's about seeing better. I think it's about um, digesting or interpreting what you're seeing. You know what I mean? Your brain. For me, if there's a lot of noise in the background, I have a really, I have a hell of a time focusing. And <laughs> so, you know, again, this will be old man yells at cloud episode because it's a whole bunch of things we all do. But yes, I. You've done that too. Then have you, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I. Uh... I also can't hear a damn thing without my glasses. So mm, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dixon says, if your hand ain't up, you're full of it. So uh, a couple quick things. So, uh, like I said, coming back, it was somewhere between Kentucky and uh, Missouri in there that first day in the September lost my data. And of course I had a bunch of plans. I'm like, well, what can I do if this happens? But I didn't implement any of them like a good prepper, right? We, we do. I mean, this is, this is why I share my failings, but, you know, mm -hmm. so I didn't, I had nothing. So I had to pull over and I was coming up to an inner or to a, an, an off ramp and I pulled into, I don't even know what it was, some taco shop or something that had free Wi-Fi, because I, I couldn't call because they shut all my data, my whole phone off because I was supposed to be on an international plane. Anyway, you know how it is that phone, phone companies are miserable at the best of times. So I had to get Wi-Fi so I could send Becky an iMessage and say, you need to get on the phone, fix this. <laughs> you know, I'm not panicked, but I wasn't real happy. 
and she's at work trying to deal with some fire she had to put out at the daycare. She was so gracious and helped me, but I got it back on. So now I do a few things. I download it maps.me, which is an offline GPS. So if you don't know this, you can use any old iPhone with the GPS only as long as you download the maps ahead of time. Now, I believe Google has that function as well, but it's not very accessible on mobile. Uh, I also, uh, here's something else that happened to me not too long ago. I was heading out of town to take photos of a bank property. It was about an hour's drive. I get a half hour out of town, my phone resets and it won't turn back on. Guess what? That's the only way that I can take photos. <laughs> I could, I don't know what happened. It was some kind of, I was recording a podcast on the road. So I had to unplug it. I turned around, drove all the way home, looked it up on the internet, found out that there's a, like a secret combination that will like force reset the iPhone. I believe it's volume up, volume down, and then hold the power button. Because normally just power and volume is all it takes for me to reset a phone. Wouldn't sure. work. It was like in some lost land. So I also now keep an old phone in my car, charged up with uh, maps on it as well. And I bought a spiral bound North American road atlas, which is hidden down in the bottom of the seat. So nice. uh, I ain't going to happen to me. I'll say that something else will happen. But, you know, at least that'll be taken care of. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Chuck People says it's for uh, turning the, the um, volume down, says it's for your concentration concentration level. Instinctively increase your awareness level. That makes sense. All right. Number four. Here we go, guys. So again, yay or nay? Is this true? Is this false? We ran out of gas. Now, hmm. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to wait and see if anybody else, I'm going to give them a minute. I think in all my life, I've only ran out of gas one time. It came, I was really close, but I'm just, yeah, we were living way back in the woods. I had to drive. So we were halfway to each town. <laughs> I drove to the town, but it was Sunday and the gas station was closed. So I had to turn around and drive back to the other town. So it was 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back, then 20 minutes into the other town. And I was on E the whole time. Oh, and I God. got to the last hill. <laughs> I got to the last hill and ran out of gas right by my uncle's house. So I went over, he had a gas, a jerry can with him, but it, uh, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't have a nozzle on it. So I had to cut a pop bottle up and make a, 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 <laughs> a field expedient funnel. So anyway, I'm going to go with faults on this just to be contrary. Dixon says true. Robert says true. What say you, Matt? It is false. Uh, uh, okay. And it, it wasn't even us. It was my parents and their rental car. They also almost ran out of gas. So, uh, oh. and it, what happened? it was that same trip. So, uh, where we took one way where I was not comfortable, uh, if we lost data, and they went another way to try to like a more uh, traditional route to get out of Sequoia at the end of the day to go get gas and at the trailhead they were like hey we got like a quarter tank and i don't know if anybody here has been to sequoia like it takes like two hours to like from from crossing uh from crossing that entrance gate you know to get anywhere to go see anything 
And so it takes a long time to get out and then some, right? So, uh, yeah, they, they were cutting it very, very close, but they made it. So, okay. I'm going to talk about another thing I have implemented on my road trips, but I also want to talk about how I don't do it all the time. So I try to go to half a tank. So on long road trips, half is my empty. When I get sure. to half, the next gas station, I stop. The And I'm willing to do that 90% of the time. The problem is toward the end of the day, I like to push my luck. Now, I did it once this time. I pulled into the gas station and the gas light came on. So I probably burnt seven eighths of a tank more than I should have, <laughs> but I, yep. I get stuck in my ways. Last year, coming back, same thing. I was pushing into Saskatoon <laughs> and I missed the last gas station on the highway. And I was down to maybe, oh, I hate to even admit it, about 15 kilometers. You know how you can bring up uh, how much you have left? Yeah. I was, it was because I was just, I'm stubborn and I have to get over that. I have to be dispassionate, but most times half a tank and I pull over while we're driving. I'm getting better at it because I've had too many close calls for sure. Yeah. For me driving home from work, it's always like, I just want to get home. I don't want to stop for gas. Like I know it's already late. I'm hungry. I'm sure my wife is ready for me to be home to, you know, help take care of the kids and get dinner ready and blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't want to stop another five, 10 minutes. The, so my sister has uh, three kids. She has twins that are two years older than my twins. And then she has Emily who I believe is two years younger than my girls. So we were waiting for her to have her, her baby. We, we knew it was coming soon. It was an hour and a half drive from our town. So my sister called, it's about 9.30 at night. She says, I'm in Kenfield, I'm going into labor. We're like, okay, we're coming. So we ran, we drove into town, we met mom and dad. Becky and mom went in one car, dad and I went in the other. Dad drove mom's car. Mom doesn't believe in getting gas until the light comes on, no matter how many times I tell her. We get in and we had an hour and a half drive. <laughs> so we drive all the way there on less than a quarter of a tank, probably an eighth of a tank. Now it's just a little Hyundai, so it was okay. I don't remember exactly what happened, but we get up there, we sit around till about one in the morning and they say, you guys can go home. She's not going to have the baby. So we left town. There was uh, no gas stations open. I'm pretty sure is what happened, but we knew there was one about 40 minutes down on the highway. <laughs> So my sister calls, well, her husband, we're about halfway to that gas station and says, she's having the baby. So dad and I look at each other and we say, what do we do? So we decided to keep going till we got to the gas station and turn around. That should be the end of the story. The problem is the gas station was also closed. Oh gosh. So we were, I remember just sitting on pins and needles. We get all the way there. We're like, well, it's closer to go back to the hospital than to go down the valley home. We did make it. Uh, we parked and we ended up going to the gas station in the morning. But uh, there's no reason. Why do we do it? Why do we do that to ourselves, putting ourselves through that, you know? Uh, just because yeah, you get an adrenaline rush. It's like, I can do it. I'm going to make it. It's it, Yeah, that's, I, I don't know. Maybe it's, the, I don't know. It, us as, as a man, I'm always like trying to push the limits of that shit sometimes, but because it's yeah, low so, risk, right? It's like, it, it oh, really let's, is. Let's, 
what's the worst thing that can happen if I run out of gas? I'm gonna blah blah like figure it out, right? A little a little lag on my face, or you know, my your buddy will be like, Oh, what a good prepper you are, you know, or it'll make a good right. story for the podcast. But I yeah, do so- have uh, I do have a prepping win this weekend. Uh hmm. I, I put out a video of uh I went to a prepper estate sale. You know, the, the story is funny. I, I can tell you after the show. But I I went on, we went on Friday, scoped it out for like an hour. We went home. I went back the next day and got the stuff that I actually wanted. I got six five-gallon gas cans for free. For free? How did that for happen? Free. It was in a pile of junk. Okay. Well, and I put water in them and I like looked to see if they were like punctured and they all seemed to hold. So oh, that's not bad. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty sweet. Man, yeah, because I saw your video and I, to be honest, it looked more like a hoarder's estate sale than a prepper's estate sale. That's exact. So that's well, I, I'll just I'll just tell the rest of the story then. That, sure, uh, go for it. Uh, so I get there and I'm like, Hey, so like, what's the deal here? And one of his buddies was helping out and like, yeah, you know, he's got to get rid of all this stuff or he misses out on half of the money. Something like he's like, he's selling his mom's place and it must get it split or something. I don't know. And he goes, yeah, you know, like he's a prepper. And so he's got all this stuff. And I just had this like shit eating grin on my face. Like, dude, this ain't prepping. This is, this is trash. It is like 99% trash. I mean, I mean. I apologize for that video. It is so disorienting because it's so fast and there's so much stuff. You can't focus on anything that's there. But when I got there, there's like, you know, I don't know, like a 10 by 30 foot spot of just Bud Light beer bottles. And I think they tried to burn them at some point to get it. I don't know. Like that was just one part of it. And it's like, I don't know, five acres worth of junk. Did you buy anything or did you just get the gas cans for free? And call I, got, it a day? I got the gas can. I got uh, one of those prefab ponds that are like plastic that yeah, had cracks okay. in it. That was free. Uh, I fixed that today. I got to test it still. Um, I got some like cable that I might make like a little like zip line for something like that for the kids. Okay. That was free. An old wood ladder. That was free. Rebar. That was free. Um, one of them like big rock breakers they're like i don't know like a inch in diameter and they're like six feet tall yeah uh, that was 40 bucks the cable was 25 bucks and i bought some old wood barn doors for like 50 bucks total so it was like 130 bucks for a bunch of stuff and you were happy with what you got i was pretty happy i mean those gas cans alone free yeah. i was I, like that's the best part i should have just stopped there i love it when whenever i do bank properties i'll usually find a milk crate in a gas jug or on the side of the road, I've been known to find, I did find one gas jug completely full of gas one time on the side of the road. So how about that? It, it worked. It was good. It smelled like gas. Didn't smell skunky. I'm like, huh, I'll, I'll try it, put it in the four wheeler and it burnt. So I was, I was going to ask like, you sure it was gas and not urine? Uh, yeah, it was, it didn't. Yeah. It, at least it smelled like it, it burnt. So good. it was either high octane piss or it was uh, gas. So. All right. Yeah. So number five. So get ready with your votes, guys. The headlight on my truck burned out. So, huh, that one seems really believable, but it could be one of those that you put in there just to kind of, you know, twist with me. But um, hmm. I'm going to go with true on this one. We'll see if anybody else gets a vote in before we decide. Um, I don't. If, if anybody's out there, if you've ever experienced a blinker going out or a, a turn signal, most of them you'll hear it 
blinking faster because I don't know. Do you know, is it the resistor that, or do you know what causes that? That sounds kind? right. Yeah, Let's it does. Go with that. that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Uh, whatever it is, it lowers the resistor. Anyway, it causes one to blink faster. So if you ever notice you're sitting in your car and you hear really fast, there's a good chance you have a signal light out. So check it before you end up with a ticket. So we have three trues, me, Dixon, and Byron. So was it true or false, Matt? Yep, it was true. It oh. uh, it was my, yeah, my headlight went out and we, we were, I don't know, we were in like Walla Walla, Washington or something like that. I don't remember. <laughs> I know it's such a funny name. And uh, we, we were stopping for something else also, probably get something like a, like a bite to eat. And I thankfully, I keep a little small, like ratchet set in the, in the, uh, back of my truck and so while we were stopped for i don't remember why uh, i was able to swap it out like i did one and then we like got on the road the one that was burnt out and then when we got to the campsite i went and did the other one because when you do one the other one's not that far behind so did so how did you were you able to tell by driving that it was too dim or did, you, did somebody tell you that it was out um how did i you remember i think it was it was looking a little dim or okay. It went out just before we left, and I forgot to do it before we hit the road. That sounds more like me. <laughs> it was starting to go, you said, or it, yeah, it, like it, I think it went out before we before we even left, and it was one of okay. those things that I I forgot to do before we even hit the road. That so makes sense. It was I, I've been there, done I, that. Sometimes yeah. it happens, you know. Yeah. Um, so oh, looks like, I think Dowie must be on a delay because he just said, stop being a teenage girl and get an Android. He always has to be so encouraging. Whenever you hang out with John Dowie, at least online, you always leave feeling better about yourself. Let's just put it that way. So <laughs> no, John's good. John's good shit. So yeah. did you keep a bulb on hand or did you have to pick one up? Nope. I had to pick one up. Okay. Cause I would I too. That would be the better prep to keep it one would. on hand. I don't know. There. I have a lot of shit in my truck. Bulbs sure. are one of those things that I would end up probably, it would probably get jarred around and, and cracked. It would be great to have one. It would, but it's like, I found an old Maglite flashlight from probably the nineties. It was underneath the, the stage that I tore out at the daycare. And I thought, Oh, let's open it up. Cause you know, they hide a, there's usually an extra bulb in the battery cap or whatever. I opened it up and that bulb was completely shattered in the battery mm. cap. So, sure. you know, one other tip. And also, headlight. what like oh, head, headlights? Like you can get them almost anywhere. Like if you needed to, like you could get them at Walmart. You could get them at like any auto, like uh, even like a small. Oh yeah, and uh, gas stations too. A lot of gas stations yep. have more common bulbs, and With that would be your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Truck stops are incredible for that. Uh, one more tip on uh, headlights. Uh, well, two things. Every time you stop, what I do, I, at least in the States, all the gas pumps have locks. So you can turn them on and let them pump. In my town, they don't. I don't know why. It drives me nuts. But anyway, so when you set your gas to, to fill, clean your windshield. You'll thank me later because especially if you're after dark, the bugs on there, just every time you stop, clean your windshield. But at least once a day, clean your headlights too. Because especially mm. in the spring and summer, when you're driving through bugs, you will be surprised. Or if it's late in the winter and there's been salt on the road, that buildup will kill the distance you'll get out of your lights. So, mm. you know, um, some places will have special brushes. 
As long as there's no rocks on them, feel free to use the squeegee. But if it's got rocks and dirt, brush that off first because it's bad uh, bad juju to to use it on your lights and then put rocks back in so somebody can put it on their windshield, you know? So, sure. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the difference is nuts. Yeah, he's right. Absolutely. Just And people don't always think about it, but it, it's worth it. And uh, also, especially if they're really caked on, lather them down really good with water, you know, with the brush. Let them sit while you do your windshield, then come back to them. You'll, it'll be a little easier. But That's a good tip. Yeah, I, is what it is. All right, number six. The road to the trailhead was unsuitable for our vehicle. What vehicle were you driving? Uh, at the time, I was in my F-150. Oh, okay. sorry. This was a different part. Rental car. Hmm. Okay. So, guys, um, do you think the trailhead was unsuitable for the rental car? Now, if it were me driving the rental car, I'd take it anywhere. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Dowie says, treat your headlights with Plexus. I'll have to try that. So, while we were waiting for people to vote, I will tell you a rental car story because I'm just full of stories. But... We were going up the valley one time to pick up wiener pigs. We got, was it two or three? I can't remember. I think it was two, baby pigs. Anyway, I was parked on the side of the road by my sisters, and the lady next door backed into our truck, or our van, and made it so it was undrivable, kind of crimped in the fender by the tire. So we ended up having to wait a day. Insurance gets us a rental, and I'm like, well, damn it. I still need to go get these pigs. So I, I went up, I put a tarp <laughs> in the trunk of the brand new Dodge Grand Caravan they gave us, and I brought the pigs home in the back of a rental van. Hell yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> so Chris Dixon says rentals are good for every situation. Dowie says all roads are suitable at a rental. So I'm going to go with true on this one as well. Yep, it was true. Uh, so what happened? It was, it was that Buck Rock Lookout trailhead. So... You got like the main road that goes through Sequoia. You got to turn off and there's like a campground. And man, I don't know how some of these people get these like travel trailers and fifth wheels back oh, there for camping. But yeah, they're like, they got to be professionals or something. I don't know. It's wild. But you got to go past that. And you kind of get going and the roads really aren't maintained. They're kind of mm -hmm. like put them in and, you know, there could be like a heavy flooding one year or something like that. And it just like all the rocks show up and all the dirt goes away. So we're in a, um, we were in like a Highlander or something like that. I don't remember. Okay. So we're fine. My parents are behind me in a Camry <laughs> <laughs> and I am shocked. Like they, they, I am shocked that they didn't like puncture their gas tank or something or scrape something, just destroy that thing, uh, getting to the trailhead. Cause we, we actually made it all the way. We made it all the way to the trailhead. My parents par ended up parking like, I don't know, a quarter mile down and then hiked to the trailhead and then joined us. And then we went on the hike. Oh, but um, it was there was probably one of the roughest roads I've ever seen. So that's great. And what do you what do you do about that? I mean, there's not not a hell of a lot you can prep for other than. If you think you're going to be going somewhere, maybe research it a little ahead of time, but that's not always ideal, you know? Yeah. Um, for me with the truck, I keep a tow rope, some clevises, 
that sort of thing in the truck so I can help other people in Toyota Camrys get out of situations. But, um, you know, four-wheel drive, good knobby tires, being comfortable with your vehicle, it all helps. But sometimes right. you're just in a bad scenario. Would, would there have been room to turn around if you decided you didn't want to keep going forward? Or yeah. Was it pretty Yeah. Yeah, you could figure it out. That's what I was wondering. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> John Dowie says, me in a rental. No rope, no problem. So, uh, if anybody here has been to Sedona, um, a couple of years ago, we did one of those pink Jeep tours. It's like, they, oh. I mean, they, they buy these Jeeps and they just like put in like a hundred grand into these Jeeps, each Jeep wow. to make it like, uh, you know, outfitted for like doing like all this crazy, like rock crawling stuff, but maybe not like, you know, the ultimate, right. But you know, sure. they got to be able to go out there and not get everybody killed out in the desert. And our tour guide was telling us that Google takes you through this route. And so, and so people will just be like trying to get to Sedona and they'll come down in like on these, uh, on these roads in like a minivan. And he said one time, uh, the, they bottomed out with this minivan bottomed out and it's, uh, hit, hit like the oil filter or something, some sort of fluid. And so like, they were like, they had a, like just limp it along all the way into town because you know they there's no way out you just had to keep going you just had to push through and just can you imagine trying to do some crazy some crazy like that in a minivan uh one other thing i just thought of is know where your tow points are in your vehicle because i've seen many people who've been like hey guess what you can tow me here and then they pull off the fender or the plastic or whatever or they, Bumpers you know, bend a tie rod or whatever. So, you know, uh, also like, I think, is it the, the Teslas that have a little screw in thing that in order to give you a, uh, sure. so know that shit before you head out, because especially if you drive a, a little dinky vehicle, it's good to know where somebody can tie off on you without doing more damage. And learn the difference between a recovery strap and a toe strap. It's different. That is very true. Yes. Kinetic energy. Yes, that my brother-in-law still beats me up over that. He's like, "You should have bought a, a kinetic, you know, the the kinetic strap." Because I didn't. I just I I bought a toe you bought strap. Bought a toe strap. Yeah. yeah, because it's got and, hooks on it. Recovery yeah. straps don't. Right. So uh, yeah. anyway, I, I should have, and I'll probably upgrade at some point. But and uh, Chris Dixon, okay, he'll yeah, he'll share later. I got to get it from him. That'll be good. He has a, a story about toe points. <laughs> All right, you. number seven. Our campsite was on the other side of a washed out road. So, hey, Chicken Hawk, good to have you, brother. Always love having him on here. So, all right. Campsite, other side, washed out road. This sounds very believable because just listening to where you guys traversed, it sounds like that might be true. So, what do everybody out there think? True or false that their campsite was on the other side of a a washed out road? Uh, Chris Dixon goes false. Chicken Hawk says true. Byron Roberts says no metal hooks. I thought it was no wire hangers for anybody who gets that reference. If you don't, it's okay. It's a really old movie, but anyway. <laughs> uh, no chains. Yes, chains Chains can be deadly for sure. Um, but I, I do like clevises. I've really enjoyed using clevises. They yeah. you know, um, wrap it around twice and then tie it off to itself because before that, I always just looped it on the ball on my trailer hitch. <laughs> And you just, you'd want to make sure you got it tight before you started pulling. Otherwise, you know, so. All right. So we've got true, 
True, false. I'm going to go with true. True or false? True. Oh, so what did you do? And how the hell did that happen? They had a makeshift road put in. Um, oh. So I, I, I was looking for a photo, and I just I just don't have one. I think it ended up being, like, all video. Um, maybe, maybe I'll send it in, like, the uh, – if I can find it. I'll send it in the Telegram chat, the workshop. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Telegram chat. And so uh, they must have had f- heavy flooding that year, the year before, because, I mean, it looked like just nothing was there. And so they must have brought in, like, all this fill, these giant culverts. I mean, just, like, cobbled together. My truck barely fits, like, across this little oh. this little, this little thing. And so, um, I mean, what would you do if – if the road wasn't there. Right. I mean, yeah, maybe you could get through the river, but like, would you want to risk that or just like turn around and get a hotel and the other, like on the side that you're on, not. And then what would you do if you were on the other side and stuck during like, Oh, road. That's a tough one. I, especially the other side. Okay. Because I have been stupid in the past and I have driven over things that I've stopped, thought about, thought, should I do this? I thought, no, I probably shouldn't. And then I went anyway. And then I got stuck, you know, 30 miles off the main drag on a country road, hung up dry on a snowbank with my truck. In didn't matter four-wheel drive or not. I, now I managed to figure out a way, you know, I'm still here, so I didn't die. But sometimes I just do those stupid things. <laughs> but yeah. I, I bet being, man, being on the other side, what would you do? I, you'd have to wait it out. I mean, I guess that's part of the reason you'd take some extra supplies with you, but. Whew. Yeah. I mean, so I guess I didn't, I didn't think about this part until you, until you mentioned it. I mean, think about all those videos of people that, you know, the forest fires in like glacier where someone would be like camping in glacier and all of a sudden this forest fire just like oh, flares yeah. up and traps them where they have to, man, there were some wild videos that were coming out. I mean, what was that? 20, maybe 2019. I think this was where this person is like driving through all this fire and flame. And it's like, I I wouldn't want to be that person. Not, not even for a second. And like, there's like a burning tree in their way. And so they got to stop and they got to either back all the way up to get back to where they were, or, you know, try to figure out how to turn around and get like helicopter rescued or, Oh, something just, I, just a disaster. Have you been, have you been up North in Alberta or was it, you were in a lot? No. Okay. So, uh, Fort McMurray is a city that exists simply because of the oil sands and the oil patch. Sure. And it's the first, maybe not the farthest North community in Alberta, but it basically one highway in same highway back out. And you can't go much further north because you just run into Santa Claus. You know, there's really nowhere else to go. And when was that? It was our second or third year out here. So 2015, 2016, my cousin lives up there and a huge forest fire went through. It burnt some houses, but the main thing it did was almost cut off the highway. And some of the footage that people had, you know, again, driving through it with fire on either side, it was apocalyptic, really. It looked awful. And... Yes, um, Chicken Hawk said Gatlinburg. I remember Gatlinburg in Tennessee. They had, yeah, it was bad there too. So I I don't know what 
it would be tough. I, there's while well, we've been dealing with wildfires here in Alberta the last few days, and there was at least one lady that posted a video heading toward Banff, and I don't, I, I would have turned around. There's, I mean, unless life or limb, I don't think I would have driven through it because, you know, you can always live to fight another day, but it, sometimes you get yourself in a bad scenario and you're hooped, you know. Yeah, let me let me share something really quick. Sure. Yeah, you you know how to bring her up there, and I'll bring it up for you. Yeah, right here. All right. Present. Add to stream. Oh wow. Is this the video? Yeah, this is the video. Well, it's one of them, right? Like, can you imagine driving through this forest fire trying to? I mean, I think it's a father and son in this one. It's gonna explode. He said the car is heating up and it's going to explode. Oh my god! I that's scary as all get out. Now yeah. I hope they know. I hope they know the road. But here's the thing: I don't think there's any turning around at that point. You know, like I wouldn't. You imagine backing down into that and your tires catch fire, or I mean, I, yeah. Woo. Sounds like that movie Dante's Peak with the volcano. I was well, I was thinking volcano. The other one that came out at the exact oh. same time. Uh, had, I, it's uh, probably that one. I don't remember. No, no. They well, they were both the same. But that one had yeah. uh, Anne Hache and uh, the Men in Black guy there from. The oh Fugitive. yes, yes. Tommy yes, Lee yes. Jones. Yeah, yeah they were one. in that, and I remember. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah. But I think you're right. The trees was Dante's Peak that had Pierce Brosnan in it. And I can't remember oh, who his right. female lead right. was, but yeah, they both come out the same summer, the same year. But oh man, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'd rather take the flooding over the fire. I think so too, especially, you know, you can get high ground, right? But the thing about the fire is, you know, if the flames don't get you, the heat might. And if the heat doesn't, the smoke probably will. That's what's scary. I Oh, ooh, yeah. I wouldn't want to do it. All right. Number eight. This one sounds fairly believable. I don't want to give it away, but credit cards not accepted for lunch with no cash on hand. So... Go ahead and vote, guys. Uh, if you've followed <laughs> my travails over the last few years, you'll know I was in Calgary last summer when the Rogers outage happened, and we did have some cash, but it was um, it was odd. And then our town lost all cell service and phone service for a couple of days, and again, we it was cash only. It, yeah, so it it's funny how quick we become dependent on systems hey yeah chris dixon says rogers true so that's yeah up here rogers telecom oh true i'm gonna go i'm gonna guess false this time because i'm wondering again if you might have uh maybe listened to the episode and poached that but i might be wrong so we'll go we got and plus i like to be contrary minded so we have two trues and we have a fault so go ahead and uh reveal it that one's false uh was it we okay. went we got uh, to a visitor center in Sequoia for lunch. And I thought there was, we, we were kind of hearing people chatter, you know, like, I don't, I don't have, my car's not working. My car's not working. Blah, blah, blah. And so I'm thinking, oh no, like we're gonna, we're gonna be stuck. You know, I, I, I keep some cash. I got, um, what is it? It's a cash belt. C H C H E cash belt oh. from like Wazoo, whatever. It's like, it's got like Velcro or whatever in it. Yeah. Okay. So like I fold up, I fold up like, I got like a hundred and 150 bucks or something like that at any given time uh, in my belt. Okay. Just, and so like, they also have the cash beanie. That's probably what they're more like uh, known for. But anyways, you can, 
you can you can keep cash on hand just by wearing your stuff and i wear a belt every day and so it's a good way to keep cash but thankfully we didn't need it uh credit cards were working just fine that's cool i never heard of the cash belt i gotta look into that because so when i fly quite often i'll put a little cash under my insole in my shoe sure the, the problem with that is it, it can get a little slippery um you know even though it's in between there it still causes your insole to move but it's a good thing i i always used to have a rule of thumb that if i was heading out of town i'd have a hundred dollars on me but i try to do two or three hundred now because a hundred dollars doesn't go where it used to sure. <laughs> i can tell you that like um when my truck's on e it's usually over a hundred dollars to fill it now and uh so it's yeah it's not cheap and there you go. oh here we go let's bring this up here hang on here's the wow. cash belt so where does where does the cash go inside the cash <laughs> so uh so the it's like nylon webbing on the okay belt, and it's secured with velcro let's see do they have a good demo picture not really um but maybe like I'd say like 50% of it, you could, oh, eh, 50, maybe 25% of it, you could open up and put stuff in there. Oh, okay. So does so, it, um, is it like a strip, like a, a second layer you can pull the whole layer off or does it just kind of unvelcro, but it's sewed at the it, bottom or something? Yeah. It's sewed at the bottom. It velcros at okay. the top, sewed at the bottom, kind of like a, like a wallet. So, I like that a lot. Yeah. And so here's their, their beanie. They got, you know, they can have all this stuff in here. So that's cool. If I ever wore a beanie, I'd probably get one of those. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They make ball caps too. They do okay. the same thing. Um, let's see what everybody says here. So Chicken Hawk says back in the day, oh one, I kept ten dollars in the roof of my car behind the dome light in case I needed gas. Again, ten dollars went a lot further in two thousand and one, but that's not a bad idea. Whatever yeah. anything's better. Byron says I keep a hundred on me for emergency and more of out of state. Yeah, that's for me too. So if I'm going to the city, a hundred bucks will get me home. If I'm going to Calgary, four to five hour, four hours away, a couple hundred probably for sure. And if I'm out of town, 300. Uh, Dowie says uh, 300 wham, walking around money. I like that. And he says, I have a lot these days because of my side hustle. I have to have cash to buy and make change. And that that's one thing I do. If a customer pays me in cash, I just leave it in my wallet if I can help it, you know, because, you know, most of our purchases yeah. come from debit anyway. So if somebody pays me, I just leave it in my wallet and forget about it. It sure. just, yeah. I, not that it's always easy to forget about cash, but it's, yeah. Like Chris Dixon says 300 minimum now because yeah, it used to be a hundred. And if we keep getting the carbon tax put on our gas, it'll probably have to be 500. So there you go. <laughs> the, uh, the barrel business must be pretty good for John Dowie there. Oh boy, I tell you, he's got 55 gallon drums full of hundred dollar bills. He's like the Walter White <laughs> of reselling 55 gallon drums. So they uh, someday he'll have to rent a storage locker just to keep his drums full of cash. It'll it'll be wonderful. So it would just oh I shouldn't say that too loud because the IRS anyway. So yeah. All right, number nine. We ran out of diapers. Oh, that would suck. Um I remember twins when we had them. Uh, we were we were formula and diapers, so we were always paranoid about running out of either. We always kept lots on hand, but we had some 
sticky, shitty situations on a few occasions. So anybody want their guess whether this is true or false? Just knowing the nature of babies, I'm going to go with true on this one. And uh, yeah, because, <laughs> oh my God. I, did you guys ever try, uh, just, um, what do they call them? Reuse cloth diapers? No, yeah. my uh, my wife has a uh, poop aversion. Sure, I get it. <laughs> She's like, I've had relatives not... that have tried it. Yeah, I have no interest, zero interest. You know, yeah. I... like we we throw onesies away that are too poopy. Oh, I just like hey, blow out, just throw it in the garbage. Absolutely, that that may or may not happen to grown men sometimes too. So you know, <laughs> oh, Chicken Hawk says not true. Byron Roberts says true. I'm going to go with true and John Dowie still counting his money. So yes or no. <laughs> uh, that one is true, but. Oh, what so, in the world? Go ahead. You're, you have so I'm, so I'm changing my son's diaper and uh, I, I go, it is the last diaper brand new. I go to put the little Velcro tabs on and like they make these things by the millions, right? And so I go to pull the tab to put it over the front and it snaps. <gasps> and so I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? And so my wife's like, what are you going to do? Like we have, the, he needs a new diaper. Like we're not going to put an old dirty diaper on him. And right. so I rummaged through whatever the truck and I found some electrical tape. And man, I wish I got yes! a picture. <laughs> I, I did electrical tape around his waist just to hold up his diaper until he got home. Dude, that's perfect. So Chicken Hawk said he used the shirt off his back until he made it home one time. <laughs> now, I'm not sure if he means he used he it on himself or on his baby. I, whatever oh, one good. it is. I, no judgment here. You know, this is a judgment-free zone. We're all anarchists. So, and uh, <laughs> now he was in the other room. See, he went in the other room to count his money and now he's back. So yep. he, he got, yeah, um, ran out of fingers and toes. So um, the shirt off his back. I believe it. That's a great idea. So electrical tape. You're an electrician. There's probably a good reason that you did that. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, well, we'll save this one. John Dowie's going to be on the episode on the uh, workshop radio May 21st. So we'll get him to tell his brutal drunk poop story. <laughs> Instead of asking people what they did for a high school job, just ask them if they have a drunk, brutal drunk poop story. That is true. Uh, Dixon says we've done the shirt and plastic grocery bag for diaper disaster relief. Hey, that's a great, I don't, I got to ask Becky. So I have this awful habit of blacking out the worst situations. You know, I just completely forget them. So, <laughs> that sounds like a me, feature, not a bug. Well, that's true. I, I remember the time that Charlotte finger painted with the stuff from her diaper. I do remember that, but I don't remember if we ever ran out of diaper. So I'll have to ask her and I'll, I'll report back because it sounds like something we would have done, but yeah. Oh. All right. Number 10. I have a good story that goes in line with this one. We were locked out of our rental vehicle. So we know that you had a rental vehicle. So that much is true. We'll see if we can uh, figure out whether this is a true or false statement. So if everybody wants to vote while you're at it, um, we'll give them a minute. Uh, and you were driving, was it a truck that you rented or was it uh, something else? Uh, this one when we rented, it was a Toyota Highlander. So Okay, fair enough. So Byron goes true. Chris Dixon says false. I'm going to go... I'm going to go false with this one. 
And <laughs> Chris Dick, or Dowie says, true, because new cars are trash. Also true. And Chicken Hawk says, not true. So, drum roll, please. True or false? False. Did not get locked out. But new uh, Dowie is, tr- uh, is true in that um, new cars are trash. Because, like, so those key fobs, right? They give you two when you rent a vehicle. But they're always tethered together, so... <laughs> Right, they're they're tethered together with what is that? Aircraft cable, right? Yeah, a lot of them. Oh man, that's true. So okay, Uh, I mean maybe they have like the door code, like on the yes, that is true. Toyotas, uh, maybe other brands. I think like um, when we for work, when I've had to rent like a GMC, it won't let you drop the keys in the vehicle. That's true. Um, So that's getting better, I guess. But also, just what would you do if you if you got locked out? in a rental vehicle. So I have many stories. We, we, I have since rectified that situation with my truck, but first off, because I didn't know this, there's probably somebody else out there who doesn't know this. We we've driven Dodges for many, many years. And when they switched to the key fob, I was a solid year before I realized that if you hit that little spring loaded Mm. thing, there's yep. a key in there. So if you don't know that, play around with your key fob because there's probably a hidden key in there, just so you know, in case your battery ever dies. But take that key in, go to your local hardware store and tell them, I want a key cut for my truck, car, whatever. And they're going to say, oh, but it won't start your vehicle. And just say, I don't care. All I want is a $3 key that will open my doors. Yeah, and that's find a good tip. somewhere to hide it. I don't have much faith in those magnetic... Uh, key, you know, the, the boxes. I, I don't know. I have mine. I don't know if I should. Anyway, I'm going to, yeah, it in the gas cap, there's a, a little thing. Like when, when the door opens, there's a nice little slot in there. It, it's oh. been in there for two years and it won't go anywhere. They, I, sure. I left it just to see. So let's see. 2007, we were driving to Saskatchewan. We stopped in Ontario for a few days to visit family. We decided we were going to drive across the border into, well, what is Port Huron near Detroit. They gave us hell at the border because we had everything we owned in the van. We went to the movies. We stopped in a very shady neighborhood to get gas. Becky went out to go in and prepay. I was nervous because it was a shady neighborhood. And I said, do you have your key? She said, no, I heard yes. I locked the doors. Oh, no. At five minutes to closing time at this gas station, the guy's like, well, I'm closing up. We're like, okay. Turns all the lights off on us at the gas station. He was nice enough to let us use his phone to call a a locksmith at midnight in a less than reputable neighborhood. And he came and opened it for, I think it was like 60 bucks at that time. So sure. Always have an extra key somewhere. And uh, Chris Dixon says, the driver's door glass is the cheapest glass in a vehicle. Don't be afraid to break it if need be. All the other windows are double or triple the price. Interesting. That's an awesome tip. Yeah. Chicken Hawk says, zip tie it under the vehicle. And Chicken Hawk says, lost a key fob in the car and could not lock the car until I found it. That's incredible. Also, yeah. one more tip about this. Uh, We have run into this many times. We quite often, when we buy our vehicles, they'll be a year or two old. So we're usually buying them from used dealerships. 
and they are notorious for only giving you one key fob. Sure. So when you're buying a vehicle, everybody looks at the tires. Everybody thinks, you know, a hundred different things, but they don't think about the key fobs. Make them buy you or get you a second key fob as part of the sale. Um, if they won't, you can, is it Dodge that does, I think it's a valet key. So it's a key with a chip in it, or it's like, it doesn't unlock the doors, but it'll start your vehicle for 80 bucks instead of 300. So that's an option too. But anyway, get two key fobs when you buy your vehicle, because you'll thank me later for it. My, my truck has like the door code, right? yes oh right okay when i first bought the truck i'm like oh i'll I'll set a password later well that first weekend that i had the truck i started it and locked the door and didn't didn't have an extra set of keys on me and so i did have to end up having to pay to get the get the truck unlocked but they make like those they're almost like air shims right yeah yeah you could get the get the window cracked maybe and pump it up get get the door door open a little bit and try to hit the unlock button the other thing is uh, those door codes instead of taking a picture of the number someone gave me the tip put it in your phone save it as truck code or whatever and so you can just look up a contact oh. as truck code cuz instead of trying to scroll 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 looking for the picture blah 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 just as a contact save it as a as the code Dude, that's great. That's an aw- I love that tip. Yeah. That that makes sense because so did you not have the code for your door or just forget it? Did you say did I I, I didn't it? set it up. I, I had it like for a week and it just okay. didn't uh didn't have it set up yet. So That's usually when people lock themselves in or out of vehicles is when you have new vehicles, you're not used to the process or procedure. That's pretty mm-hmm. common. So if it's for what it's worth, remember that when you get a new vehicle because that's usually when we've done it too. Yeah. So Chris Dixon, I didn't know this, said they make credit card keys. They take some jiggling and farting around to make it work, but it will get you in. That is interesting. I've never, yeah, I bet you, because they'd be thin, it would almost be like, you ever see people when they take a picture of a key and then they'll cut it out in like a pop can and then they'll use a, like a lock picking wrench as well. So the, the, uh, the aluminum is the key. So it puts all the pins up, but the, you don't put any pressure on it. You use a, a lock picking uh, wrench or whatever bar and that'll turn it. So hmm. huh, I might have to look into one of those. I did not know that. Hmm. We did pretty nice. good. We 90 minutes and we got through 10 true or falses. I, I actually think this has the potential to be a, an ongoing series. I really, really? like this. I do. Sure. I, people loved it. You can tell they did. Because audience interaction and we have a hell of a time. It's just a nice laid back Sunday night. But I think it would yeah, be cool. It's all plausible, it. right? All these things could have happened. And, you know, 90 other things could have happened. But these are the sure. ones that stuck out to me. And the cool thing is, whether it's complete bullshit or it's true, we still learn lessons off them. Because everybody, how many great tips did we get from the audience, you know, from the workshop fellow delinquents this evening, right? So. Yeah, we could uh, we could have the uh, in the show notes have all the tips or uh, yes in the roundup. I'll do my damnedest to collect them. I I probably won't to be honest, but we'll see. That's fine. 
<laughs> I'm so bad. Just, just run it through, run it through chat GPT, upload the transcript and be like, Hey, what are the tips from this episode? Thanks. Yeah, they probably would. And be like, uh, yeah. they'll start charging me for it soon. So <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, brother Matt, how do people find you if they want to follow up with you? Uh, you can go to farmhoplife.com. Uh, I got YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the fun stuff. Um, I do a men's forum every Monday night at nice. 7.30 Mountain Time. I think that's like right the same time you, you've got a show. What, what night did you say? Monday night? Monday. Monday no, night. I don't do Monday shows. But oh, that's, man, I thought you had Monday nights going on. Um, Thursday through Sunday most weeks. Okay, so. I gotcha. Um, and then I typically do interviews a little bit later in the week published on Fridays. So I, I put out two pieces of content a week. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, pretty pretty active on Twitter, especially. That seems to be my my bread and butter. But, uh, yeah, I check all the others as well. So, Have you tried Noster yet? Or Noster, whatever it is? No, I, I, I looked at it, and I'm like, I, I don't know what this is. I'll come back to it later. <laughs> I'm digging it. With all this new social media, it's always the community that drags me kicking and screaming. They're like, you need to do this, Tim. And I'm like, yeah, no, probably not. Then they'll keep bugging me and say, hey, you need to do it. And then I did, and then I like it. So whatever. It It's cool. I get it. It's another thing. But the engagement's been really good over there, for sure. I guess I'll have to get into the more uh, specific communities, because I think I was just looking at like the main page, and people are just like asking for tips or something. I don't know, and like posting weird art. It It, it is weird. So um, what I do is like any other platform when you first go on it. Find people that you like, you know, go in and pick 10 or 12 people that you know, then look at who they're following and then follow all those people. That seems to be a good way to get good content quick. That's what I did. So nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, one last thing about um, about my social medias. Uh, I, I take anybody uh, that does any sort of homesteading as an interview. I mean, even Tim's been on my show and he that is even very true. <laughs> no, it was fun. We had a grand old time. I loved it. Yeah, we did. Uh, and so uh, if you're interested, I'd love to talk to you. Learn learn something. So hit me up. Absolutely. Give Matt a follow, guys. Get on his show. He He's a great interviewer. Very. We had a lot of fun. So thanks. Thanks, Matt. If, if you want to hang thanks in the background. Me, yeah, no, sure. anytime, brother. If you want to hang in the back for just a second, I'll close up and I'll be right back with you. Sounds good. Well, guys, I hope you dug that. That was the inaugural edition of the Workshop Radio, uh, really just episode 301. I appreciate you guys coming in. This was a lot of fun. We'll have to do this more often. It made for a really nice, relaxed, interactive Sunday evening show. And Matt's always fun. I mean, Matt could have ran the show without me here. He did a great job. So make sure you give him some love on the workshop from the workshop family. Get over there, follow him, add him in your podcast. Get on his show because that's the best way. If you're trying to get out and get your story or your brand known, get on other people's podcasts, embrace each other's communities and share and grow together guys. So thanks for a wonderful Sunday evening. It's been great being back in the studio chair. Always love these evenings spending with you guys. So we will, uh, oh yeah, one more thing tomorrow night. Mm, I think it's, oh, it's six 30 perhaps on the lots project on Brian's podcast. I'll be over there. I'll make sure it's in the telegram group. But make sure you come by and give us a listen. So with that, guys, as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.